0: Following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester,
1: New York. Good morning. Our call to worship is Psalm 92, 1 through 4, and 12 through 15. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. In old age they still produce fruit. They always they are always green and full of sap, showing that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Our second reading is from the book of Ezekiel. So this is a passage where you need to turn on your imagination and pay attention to what pieces of it click with you. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it. On a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it, in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live, and in the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree, I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it.
0: It is so nice to uh, see so many of you here in the room at Artisan. Uh, so nice that so many of you are joining us on Zoom and Facebook. Um, wonderful to be together. On this day, which is a big day in the life of Artisan Church. Um, I have, uh, don't be alarmed here, I just want to show you that I... (laughs) I have my Artisan T-shirt on, can you see that? (laughs) No, not necessary. Um, I actually think we might need a a new Artisan T-shirt after today. Um, If you don't know, (laughs) Later today at our annual meeting, which is at 4 p.m. right here, uh, our members will be voting on a proposal to begin a process of withdrawal from our denomination, the Evangelical Covenant Church, and on a revision to our LGBTQ inclusion statement um, that will remove denominational restrictions on marriage. Uh, by the way, if it's your first time worshiping with us, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I won't make too many jokey apologies uh, because this is life and God is with us in every moment of life. Um, But I will take a minute to acknowledge that this might be a weird first day for you to be at Artisan um, and um, we're glad that you're here. So, this is a momentous day, a um, a good day, a heavy day, a, a joyous day, a big day. And, um, on a day when we're very likely going to be saying goodbye to the larger family of churches that we've been part of for our entire existence as a church, which is, you know, it's not all that long, but it's over 16 years now. Uh, it feels a lot like um, that moment when you're pondering leaving a long-term relationship, which is sometimes definitely the right thing to do, but it's never the easy thing to do. And um, time and time again, throughout um, my ministry as a, you know, the career as a pastor and just as a as a follower of God, a disciple of Jesus, I've been amazed at at how this tool that we use, the, the Revised Common Lectionary, sometimes throws stuff at us that it seems like was just for us today. And you know, some editors put that together in an in ivory tower somewhere years ago. Right? They did not know what we would be doing when they assigned Ezekiel 17 to today. And yet, all week, as I've been thinking about the passages, that one has stood out to me. And it's almost like, is this a word from the Lord for Artisan Church today? I don't know how much church experience you have, but (laughs) that whole, it's a word from the Lord for you today thing, I have have sort of a um, complicated relationship with that phrase (laughs) because sometimes it seems like it's absolutely true and sometimes it seems like it's nothing but manipulation and spiritual abuse, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) So here's here's my actual view on whether something is a word from the Lord when you read it from the scriptures for you on that particular day. Um, it's never a word from the Lord just for you on that particular day. And it's always a word from the Lord just for you on that particular day. <laughs> Which is to say, this text was written and um, you know, in the context of the prophet Ezekiel right, and the people of God in disarray and wondering if they had a future. That's what it's about. It's not about me or you. And yet, The Holy Spirit is present in these inspired texts. And there's always something there for us. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Maybe today it's a little more. And I have lots and lots of feelings and thoughts and ideas that... um, that came to mind as I read this text several times this week. But today, perhaps more than any other day, seems like it needs to be about the people of Artisan Church discerning and perceiving together what the Holy Spirit might be saying for us. And so uh, we're, I'm going to read through this a couple of times today and give us some little guidance. And then I really do want to hear um, or read from you what you're picking up. And in the room, it's totally okay to just shout it right out. If you want to raise your hand, you can. I'll call on you. But you can just say something out loud if you want. If you're on Zoom or Facebook, um, you can type something in. And I can see it in the Zoom chat, but I can't see it in the um, Facebook. So if, if you say something on Facebook, I'm not ignoring you, I promise. But um, I'll, if, you read, if you put something in Zoom, I will read it out loud. <laughs> And um, just so you know. So let's start with this. Doug read that text a minute ago. Um, but maybe for the purpose of the podcast, I'll read it again, just real quick. And uh, I'll ask you to notice which words or phrases kind of stand out for you, which ones sort of glow. right? Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar, I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it, in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree, I make high the low tree, I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, I will accomplish it. So Let's start pretty simple. What what, what word or phrase really stands out for you in that passage? And again, you can shout it out or type it into the chat. Every kind of bird. Thank you. Love it. I myself. I myself. Make them high and make the low. Make them high and make the low. Yeah. yeah. Flourish. F- I heard flourish. Yes, thank you. Noble cedar. noble cedar. Yeah. We had cedar trees in the song today. Lofty and noble, we get from from Zoom. Why don't I read it again? And this time I'd like to ask you to pay attention to the emotion that is present in the text. That could be emotion that you're sensing in the author or in the the audience that as it was originally intended but certainly could also be what emotions arise in you as you hear these words or read them on the captions an additional time thus says the lord god i myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar i will set it out i will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young wings I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring, the, bring low the high tree. I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. Hmm. So somebody else typed into the chat, um, I, in order that it may bear fruit. Sometimes in that second reading, you get different words or phrases that come up, right? So you can give me more words or phrases, or you can give me emotional responses. Yeah, I see a hand there. Yeah, the green tree and the dry tree, Yeah. That's a really rich image, isn't it? Hope. Hope. Now, is that an emotion that you're seeing in the passage or in yourself or maybe both? Hope. Both. Yeah, thank you, Doug. Encouragement to the oppressed. Encouragement to the oppressed. Yes, a very common theme in the Hebrew Bible. Confidence. Confidence. Hmm. Confidence. Oh, yeah, I will, emphasizing the future tense. Maybe not this minute, but I will. Yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, care for the tender twig on top of a high mountain. mountain. And that's a beautiful image. Is there an emotion that's attached to that for you? It's nice, she said it's nice to think that a, a tender thing in a fairly kind of hostile or harsh environment would be cared for. Um, I, will I will break off.
1: It's standing out to me the, um, that all of this starts with the breaking of something that is already alive. Yeah. Mm.
0: Hmm. Wow, the breaking off of something that is alive. <laughs> I, 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 assuming the con, you know the contrast of maybe the assumption that you would break off the thing that's died, but something alive is being broken off, and this is what God. This is what God is doing. Yeah. Let me return to the, the uh, Zoom chat here. I'm hearing. I'm reading hope. Um, one person said maternal. Another said, mourning what was and excitement for what will be. And another person said, rebirth. Specifically, rebirthing something new. (laughs) It seems to be all about God and nature. The people aren't there. I love that observation. This is why we do this. It seems to be all about God and nature and the people aren't even there. (laughs) In other words... Bliss. (laughs) (laughs) Bliss. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Said the outdoorsy kind of introvert kind of <laughs> Wow Yeah. Inclusiveness. Like
1: all the creatures will there
0: Inclusiveness. Yeah, so much space and love under under these shady branches for all of the winged creatures beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Paul? It felt to me kind of like
1: what Mel said, that it's tender and powerful at the same time. Mm. Like the picture of planting a little bit of a tree carefully feels tender, and then the idea of the tree kind of exploding
0: upwards feels powerful. Yeah, so feelings of of tenderness and power at the same time so this this tender little shoot being planted and then becoming something huge and powerful and there's a lot you could say about that how in our culture power is so rarely tender and tenderness is so rarely allowed to be powerful Jason. regeneration producing sanctuary love that, thank you Jason What else are we feeling and noticing in this passage? Do you notice how we're not like coming out with some essay? <laughs> right? Not that there's nothing wrong with essays. There's nothing wrong with traditional sermons, I hope, because I do give them once in a while. <laughs> but the scriptures, sometimes that's not the best fruit that they produce sometimes the fruit that they produce is more abstract and mysterious because sometimes the deepest meaning is abstract and mysterious we are so eager to know and understand things the quote unquote correct way I think that's often a red herring Hmm. Yeah, so a comfort in the connection to the past and a hope for the future and the through line that connects those things. We talk a lot at Artisan about rootedness. Our Roots is one of our five foundational values and that has given so much meaning to us over the years and yet if you're stuck in the past and never allowing anything new to come that's not a healthy place to be either and I'm hearing you sort of point to both of those things you know Jesus Jesus talked about putting fresh wine into new wineskins so that the old skins don't burst because they're all dried out and used up yeah. something that my were you going to say something? Okay, sorry. So in um, mid-2021, the indication that you are ready to say something could be a hand-raising. It could be a mute button turn it off. It could be a mask getting pulled down for a second. Uh, Someone in the chat has said, um, disruption and reordering. Yeah, wow, interesting that those two things are together. And then another person said, affirmation for the courage to step out in faith. Amen to that. Yeah, Doug? There's disruption and newness, and then there's also continuity. This little twig is being planted right on the mountain of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Disruption and newness and continuity. Doug pointed out that the little sprig is not being planted you know, out in a field somewhere. It's being planted right on the mountain top of Israel which, yes, I think is an indication that whatever this new thing is that God's ready to do is not an um, entirely new, brand new, relocated thing, but rather an, a new thing in the same grounded space. Yeah, that that is a word for us today, sure. I know i supposed to but I also <laughs> like the commitment because a sapling doesn't just become a noble cedar overnight. Hmm. It takes time and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mel mentioned commitment and care because a sapling does not turn into a noble cedar overnight. It requires tending and time. I had a brain match with that uh, where I was thinking about how this small spray, with the right resources and care, had the opportunity to grow into some mm. noble event. Yeah, I like that you said a brain match for that. That's great. I can, I mean, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> teacher mode. Now You never stop being a teacher. I had a, um, a pastor mentor who resigned this week after 50 years in ministry and was grappling with the fact that he wasn't a pastor anymore. And I was like, well, you're not employed as a pastor anymore. <laughs> um, sorry, I lost uh, track of what you were saying, though, but it was uh, this brain match with Mel that with, with the right care and tending is is the... that's the setting or the context in which a little sprig becomes a cedar. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Uh, A question that my spiritual director asks me a lot when we're in conversation is I might be telling her about something that's difficult in my life or that I'm wondering about or struggling with or excited about. She often will ask me, how does that move you to prayer? And I, too often I have to say, well, honestly, I guess it, it doesn't. It hasn't. But it will, I promise, as soon as I leave. <laughs> it's going to move me to prayer. And then sometimes it does. So um, let me read this one last time and, and maybe ask you to think about how this moves you to prayer. Maybe even, maybe these words become your prayer in a certain way. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it, in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree. I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. The whole thing is a prayer, isn't it? This is a pretty intimate thing to ask you to share, so it's okay if we don't really get much response, but I wonder how it moves you to prayer. Yes, Doug. For
1: me, prayer is a little less about this, it's more about how I can change it. And for me, it's a
0: prayer to produce more trust. Hmm. Yeah, Doug said that for him, prayer is becoming less about lists and more about how it's changing him. And then could you repeat the second part of what you said? That, that, that this particular text a need to pray for my to trust. Mm, right. So this text invokes a need to pray for an ability to trust. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Jesse?
1: Hmm. So just seeing it from that
0: perspective of like a lot of things like where we want something to happen but rarely are we willing to do work to actually make it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 prayer sounds like a listening prayer hearing God say, This is not just what will be, but what I'm going to do and that there's work to be done between now and then. Is that fair approximation of what you said? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's like four people were pointing like, hey, dummy, over there. I'm going to do my best Dan (laughs) that was very lovely Um, a prayer to engage in and maybe embrace the universality of what's happening there that it's the whole passage includes this breadth of things things that are broken things that are healthy things that are growing things that are passing away and that um, yeah it's our prayer to be present together in all of that is that close enough to be fair? yeah thank you um, let's go to Alicia I first. Pray to remember that this is God doing and this is something we can receive, not something that we are doing ourselves, which is a lovely kind of counterweight to Jesse's prayer a minute ago. I think that's beautiful. And can you help me with your name real quick? Yeah, yeah. Dylan, thank you. I'm sorry, I forgot. I, no, I'm afraid to oh, Dylan says, I pray to, to be stronger, you said? Yeah, I'm more. A stronger person and more reliable. Wow, yeah. Ah, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. oh, oh. oh. oh, I love it. Susan has a question for God in prayer, it sounds like. Am I the tree, or am I the bird nesting in the tree, or am I both? Don't you know? Aren't you a rational person that knows you can't be both at the same time? <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that tension in mystery and the question. It speaks yeah. to me a lot in the Hmm.
1: Mm. And knowing that they're all coming to the age of flourishing in their own ways and and friends to be available to any of them
0: in any way that they Yeah. Thank you. It's Rachel, right? Yeah, Rachel said this speaks to her as a parent and not thinking just about her own children, but the children that will come into her life and into her sphere and orbit because of those because of her children and how she wants to be. It sounds like this safe Harbor this um, shady cedar tree for all of them, wherever they find themselves in life and whoever they find themselves to be. Yeah, thank you for that. It's lovely. Mm. yeah thank you it's Don right yeah sorry I'm, I'm, I'm having to remember and relearn names and the masks are going away and so, thank you for um, allowing me that question Don said um, the, the idea of, of remembering and maybe trusting that even when you're not flourishing that there's still this safe place for you and for your loved ones and um, I'm, not, I'm not doing as much justice as I wish I were to your your prayer and your comment, but thank you. Um, This has been just wonderful for me. I hope it's been meaningful for you. This text, which already was just lighting up for me this week, it's like um, even more alive and illuminated for me, thanks to you and to what I believe is the Holy Spirit speaking in and to and through you so thank you to all of you um, who shared and I'll give you one from zoom before I move on to this last bit but not related to prayer necessarily but thinking about how branches being cut in scripture and church tradition is so often related to pruning the bad sinful branches and here's a story about an incredible alternative (laughs) yeah I'm glad I caught that that's awesome Um, today's gospel reading from the lectionary is Mark 4:26 through 34. And I'm going to ask you to listen for any connections or notice any connections between this one and the last one. Jesus is teaching here, and he also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes out with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. And so for just a couple of minutes, I'd like to hear from you or read from you um, what connections do you see between that gospel reading with the Hebrew Bible reading that we just spent so much time in. And I could mean by a connection something that's the same or something that's kind of the same, but actually kind of different. That's where the juice sometimes is. There's the connection of kind of like a gardening aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the connection of gardening and agriculture, pruning trees and scattering seeds. Yep, great. Thanks, Corey. That sickle taking off the grain. And mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So in it, it connection to the the that sort of past-future thing with where, where the seed is coming from an old plant but it's required for the new plant, but also noticing a little bit of maybe pain or even almost destruction in that with a sickle cutting something um away and that Sometimes that act of um, replanting or sowing a new seed is, you know, requires the death of the thing that comes before it, and that can be pretty sobering. I said way more than he, than you actually said, and hopefully not way more than you meant. But <laughs> yeah, Doug. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the connection to the agriculture becoming a shelter from the you know between the two passages, but then this new aspect of of how the the seed may not be for growing something big like that. It might be for I think you said for feed, right? Yeah. Thank you. I think I saw the other dog over here. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. The first passage seems almost timeless, and this one has, seems to have the idea of getting the timing just right. Yeah. Hmm. The same fragility is present with the roots and the yeah. other that come up. Yeah, that same fragility with roots and shoots coming up, yeah. Um,
1: seems like the, <clears throat> the
0: second passage is leaning more on faith statements. Hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so this, Mike's pointing out that the second passage seems to sort of require more faith or assume more faith because the sower is sowing the seeds and, and doesn't really know what's going to happen to any one of them um, and yet trusts that something will happen to them. I think I saw Ellen, and then we'll come over to Dan again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to stop you for a second so that we can hear this because then I, I will forget everything if we don't but I love that you just pointed out you tried not to get too literal because you're like does a cedar tree actually bear fruit in that way or something like that which I totally had that same thought I saw Angela going yep, uh-huh, that's not right that's not how gardens work <laughs> <laughs> So there's a, a risk kind of contained in this image of like the seeds being scattered and you don't know what will happen to any of them. And I love that you said this. This almost feels vulnerable, which, you know, if you're being too literal, that might feel weird to be vulnerable when you're planting in a literal garden or, or a literal crop or something like that. But I think that's totally true to what's in, implied in the passage, that there's, there's an unknown here. Yeah, We have maybe time for one or two more, but this is great. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, both of them, I th- you think you said, made a plea to pay attention to what God is doing. Yeah. Which is basically, that is the spiritual work, <laughs> always, to pay attention to what God is doing. Yeah. Don The mustard seed grows into this big, wonderful tree that then provides a space for birds. Yeah. Yeah, that that connection for safety with birds is is. Beautiful, um, the mustard seed growing into this big, big bush, yeah. Someone in Zoom uh, lets us know that cedars do grow little green berries that birds love. (laughs) Right? So great. I love it. Um, Honestly, I could do this all day, and in some ways I wish that I could. Um, But I I want to leave you with this. Um, There's a wonderful pastor in in our denomination. She's an African-American woman, Brenda Salter McNeil, and, and she posted something on Instagram this week that I thought was really beautiful. It was just a scripture verse, but it was, again, one of those times where it's like, boom, this is what you need because there's so much. There's so many questions. There's so much concern. There's maybe excitement and fear and worry and doubt and uncertainty and I don't care, I just want to get going and, and there's so many things we're holding. And what Pastor Brenda's Instagram post reminded me of this week is this verse from 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Would it be okay if I read that out loud again? Beloved, let us love one another. Because love is from God. Everyone who loves, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Thank you for being in it together with each other and with me on this big day.
1: Let us love one another.